Hey gang, this is Christian. What you're about to hear is a conversation that Joe and I had after we hung up with the guests that we had scheduled for this week, the conversation with whom you will hear next week. A great conversation. And in fact, the reason that we had this conversation you're about to hear is because of, well, I, I guess some ideas that I'd already had and some of what both Joe and I were thinking after the tragic events in Orlando. But also it connected very much with the conversation that we had with the, with the guest. Forgive us for putting off our conversation with a guest for, for a week, but believe me, it's worth it. She's terrific, and I can't wait to bring it to you. Uh, but for now, here's what's on our minds. Well, that makes me think about a lot of things. Okay. Like I said at the beginning, one of the things I want to talk about is guns in light of this tragedy that happened in Orlando. Mm. You know, and it, it, we seem to have an intractable problem with guns. You know, there's, I think, great hope that we can, I don't think, is, is there anybody out there who says, no, I don't want to reduce the 30-something thousand firearm deaths a year. There's got to be nobody who doesn't want to reduce that number, right? I don't know the answer to that. I, I assume not. And if there is someone who truly does not want to reduce that number, then, you know. It, they wouldn't say, I, I think there might be someone who, who rejects the frame within which that is the question. That, that a person might imagine that that number of deaths is, is, is actually low uh, and would be higher uh, in an alternative set of circumstances oh. where there were fewer firearms. Right. Well, I'm not – see, I'm not even to the point now where I'm saying fewer firearms. I'm just saying we have this many deaths a year. Yes. And there, and there can't be anybody worthy of inclusion in the democratic polity who would not like to see that number lower, all other things being equal. Okay. Right? Sure. Okay. So we have a social problem, which may be insoluble, you know, but it may be that we can actually do something about that number. And it seems to me that the um, Supreme Court decision in Heller ruling that as a matter of originalism, and this is, I, I think it's a badly decided case, uh, that there is a personal right to bear arms sufficient to muster some kind of self-defense. In the and, home. In, in the home. And it's all gauzy and, you know, who knows exactly what that means. And the Ninth Circuit held the other day in bank as these things continue to work themselves out that, for example, that individual right does not extend to uh, the right to concealed carry in public. Right. right? So the contours of the right um, are something that courts continue to, to struggle with. But it is sort of the ultimate centralizing impulse to say there is a national constitutional individual right, right. Uh, that the states cannot regulate around. It is absolute preemption. Right. Yeah. Uh, preemption where the regulation under which you cannot go or over which you cannot go, depending right. on your perspective, is kind of uncertain at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. But there's no question who the ultimate decision maker is. It's the Supreme Court. Although it is like this, it's equivalent to what Sarah describes as kind of federal floor regulation. Right. That, you know, so long as you don't regulate above here it's like federal ceiling regulation right it's an inversion of the normal thing right so you can't you know if the supreme court allows you uh, allows a state to say no nuclear weapons in the home right um presumably we haven't had that right. case yet but presumably presumably no um surface to air missiles to protect yourself but but presumably you can use a small pistol to protect yourself of at least of a certain kind so we don't know exactly what that ceiling is, but yeah, we there's know sort of there's... a weapon dimension and then there's a location dimension. Right. There are at least these two dimensions. At right? least. At um, least. And, and there you could have debate about each of them uh, and then their combination. Right. Uh, and, sure. And we have in, in this in this um, area, we have an unusually strong 
kind of manufacturer's lobbying group in the NRA, right? right. The National Rifle Association, which represents basically gun manufacturers. Yes. Also gun owners, but it's basically a gun manufacturing association, which represents their interests. Well, and manufacturers, of course, have a great interest in there being many, many owners. Right. Well, first of all, there are about 30,000 gun deaths a year, which translates according to the way that um, that we normally calculate for such things in standard cost-benefit calculations, uh, to, I think to um, about $180 billion of cost a year, right? $6 million a life times 30,000 deaths. It's really like 33 or so. It's unclear how many of those are homicides, accidents, and suicides. I've seen different sources. It may be two-thirds suicide, one-third. Right. A lot of suicides. A, a lot of suicides. But but there's also evidence that those suicide, some of those suicides of accidental are, are, are induced by gun ownership. There's the inducement problem. There's also just the accidental death problem. Yeah. And maybe, right. maybe a thousand Very of those. children more, yeah, uh, killing yeah. themselves or others in the family with guns accidentally. Right. There's a little bit of uncertainty here because of laws which have forbidden the collection of information about these things, mm-hmm. to be frank. but. We know that there are a lot. We know that um, many of those are suicides. We know that many of those suicides either are successful because a gun was used as the means, and so you get some enhancement of the number of suicides because of gun ownership. And it may even be that keeping a gun makes you more likely to commit suicide. We don't really know. You know, There's still studies coming out, but we know that there are, are more successful suicides uh, with guns than there would be without them. In any event, the upshot is that guns are, are causing a lot of deaths. They may be preventing some, but they are certainly causing a lot. What are we going to do about this? Well, one thing you might do is try to ban guns like a lot of other countries have done in various forms. You know, the United Kingdom after some uh, uh, particularly bad shootings, Australia famously after a mass shooting Mm -hmm. uh, have banned guns in different kinds of ways. This is like a command and control type regulation, which says we've got a social problem. Here's the kind of gun you can have. If at all, here's what you have to go through to do it. There's a top down regulation of everything. And Look, I might favor that. In fact, I do favor that because I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't get this hobby. You know, it's never been my hobby. I think this is the constitutionalization of a hobby. To the extent it's constitutionalization of true uh, safety, uh, it gets it exactly backwards. Keeping a gun is risky. Right. I, it, but, but pre-Heller, we had more experimentation in the sense that states had more flexibility and localities had more flexibility yeah. in the ways they could regulate. Now, I, I think the national statute preventing liability for gun makers. Uh, along certain dimensions, that was pre-Heller, wasn't it? I think so. So there, so Congress yeah, has intervened was, yeah. to nationalize some standards, but 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 pre-Supreme Court Heller decision, uh, the year of which I don't remember, uh, two thousand five maybe. I, I think there there was more experimentation, wasn't there? Uh, so if we're trying to map, certainly in the states, it's just that you know guns travel pretty freely across state lines, and no, that's um, true too. So yeah. you know, there, there. This is one of those examples of, of you know, in Sarah's paper, she talks about these kind of externalities, even though that's a complicated word for kind of cozy yeah. reasons. But let's put that aside. They they travel freely. It seems to me that we are, you know, one of the reasons that makes this issue so fraught is that is that the sides are rowing in opposite directions. Mm. You know. What do you mean by that? Well, meaning that the the gun lobby has no interest in doing anything but resisting any and all regulations, right? Because they w- will sell more guns with less regulation. Someone like me, who has no interest in guns, believes, based on evidence, that they would ma- it would make me less safe to have one in the house or on my person. I'm not a hunter, um, although I, you know I've got family members who are hunters, so I, you know I get that. But but at the same time, I don't get it, and I don't pretend to get it in a personal way. Uh, I'm kind of pushing in the other direction, you know, especially after um, after Newtown and now after this latest thing. I just can't imagine a world that wouldn't be better if we didn't have these things. 
Now, there are all kinds of problems. Like even if you pass a law, you're going to get black markets. You're going to get, you know, uh, the, the, the critique that some, that, that some gun advocates make, right, that you will never, you know, that criminals won't be deterred by laws has some amount of bite to it because we're talking about instrumentalities and not the crime itself, right? Mm -hmm. And so there will be a black market which will come in there. There's some amount of truth to that. I think the evidence is that if you were really serious about a ban, you could really, you know, clamp down on that number of deaths. Um, There are other regulatory steps that are different from bans that also don't seem to um, make much headway. And I don't know what the the political economy is on those. So for example, um, the notion of a, a smart firearm that uh, can be discharged only by the right. owner who's wearing some kind of bracelet or other thing that um, facilitates the use of the gun. Right. So, 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 for example, a police officer's gun that was taken away from the police officer and and at some remove couldn't be fired. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, people have actually developed technologies like this, but There's they're some. but they're also opposed by gun manufacturers. Not quite sure why. I'm sure someone could. Well, tell they're us more that. costly to produce. I mean, so, so you can imagine lots of top-down regulations that would be about like the gun manufacturer, the number, the who you could sell it to, waiting periods. All these things are, are top-down U- regulations on unique uh, imprinting for ammunition, so that you could tell where the ammunition uh, came from, and you'd have a much better ability to trace. Right. Uh, that's also opposed, even though for law enforcement purposes, that would be a very, very good idea. Well, let me tell you what I would do. Okay. Because I think the main job is to flip these incentives around okay. and get people rowing in a similar direction. And I think there's a very moral case for flipping the incentives around, which will resonate with more people who can uh, then will an argument that we should ban guns or something like that, which people will rightly resist for telling me that I don't understand their lifestyle, et cetera, et cetera, because they're right, I don't. It's that gun manufacturers should not be able to free ride. They should not be able to manufacture guns free of any and all liability. This is a set of decisions we need to make together somehow, right? And our decisions about guns and how they're distributed, to whom, in what way, what kinds of guns, all of those should be informed by the harms that guns cause and the benefits that guns provide, right? All of those things should be, but that's not how things are working now. The people making the guns and buying the guns don't bear any of the costs. At least they don't bear any more costs than you and I do of gun violence and gun deaths. So. Here's what I would do. Before you say what yeah. you would do, what are some of the costs that you have in mind that you that you think they aren't bearing? Well, the 180 billion dollars in terms of just lives lost. Okay. That's borne entirely by the victim and the victim's so, family and the victim's family and you know all kind, you know. Right. That's why you know we, we calculate that number. Workplaces and blah, we blah, calculate blah. that number because we have to when we do cost benefit with respect to air regulations and other things, right? And so, even someone who doesn't die is obviously has medical expenses, yeah. lost time at work, lost productivity. We're never going to get this perfectly, but I think we're going to nose in the right direction if we can do something like the following: strict liability on gun manufacturers for each death caused by a weapon they manufacture. Now, what I mean by strict liability. I mean about $6 million, whatever the right figure is, and it can be discounted a little bit. I don't think the magnitude matters quite so much, but payable into a federal fund. So this is not private rights of actions. These are not private lawsuits, but you are strictly liable to a fund if a gun that you manufacture is used to cause a death. Now, this doesn't, provide, this doesn't require them to pay anything for less than fatal injuries. You could look at that. I would provide an exception for uses by law enforcement or maybe uh, demonstrable instances of self-defense where the person using the weapon would have died had they not used the weapon. So there could be some factual things that you have to figure out there. But these would be relatively simple 
issues to figure out. And so the gun manufacturers would internalize at least these costs, at least some portion of the costs of their conduct. So let me just give you an example and make sure I understand what you're what you're saying. So if I owned a gun and uh, I took that gun and I went outside down the street and I shot a stranger with that gun and then shot myself with the gun, mm-hmm. who's going to pay what uh, to whom? The gun manufacturer pays into a federal fund. And that's going to disperse... Six million bucks to who? Or it doesn't get to the fund. Just to the fund. Now, what does the fund do? The fund can do things like fund anti-violence prevention. It can do things like fund maybe gun buybacks. It can do other things. I I think that's a completely separate consideration. It could also it could also maybe provide funds to victims' families or to people disabled by violence of various kinds. But I think again, that's a separate consideration. It's not like the family of the person who I shoot is going to get six million bucks. Uh, no, and they won't be involved in the litigation over whether or the administrative action over whether the gun manufacturer should be liable, right? That is strictly between the federal government and the manufacturer. We may provide by law a later ability for victims and victims' families to make claims on okay. that fund in lesser amounts. And that that's a separate I'm thing. just trying to understand what yeah, you're yeah, suggesting. Yeah, 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 and there would yeah. be two of those payments, the one from the person I shot and the one for me shooting myself? Yes. I mean, well, there would be – that would be the total amount of liability, right? Because you want suicides to be included in yeah, the center. And, and so here's what you might do with suicides. Um, and this is, again, you know, <laughs> there are many ways to do this. And, and, and the, the absolute magnitude I think matters a lot less than that we get something of – reasonable magnitude going in the direction in of the right liability. direction yeah, yeah. so so you, i could totally see um like a national academy of sciences study every few years that estimates the number of excess suicides caused by guns you know let me if you think about this and this is the way we measure like suicides that would not have happened but for the gun because of course i could have stayed home and just eaten a, bun- a bottle of pills right right and so not kill the other person not kill myself yeah, a claim with a gun, you often, but yeah, right a claim you often hear is that if people want to kill themselves they will if they want to kill someone else they will We've got ways to study that, right? Yeah. And this isn't about individual cases. It's just saying um, it, it looks over the the run of suicides and asks how many more of those were successful or even contemplated, but just were committed because of guns. And there are many ways to get at that. I would leave that right. for scientists and empirists to discover. Okay. And then I would discount accordingly. So if there were twice as many successful suicides because of guns, then for each suicide, I would charge half the value of a life. Something like that. So three instead of six million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so, and the payment would be to the fund. The fund would get, you know, divvied up in whatever way Congress exactly. decides to divvy up right. the fund. Uh, could go toward paying for health care for right. people, for all people. Could go to violence prevention. Right. Could go to anti-suicide education. Right. And the reason for this is not because I think that lives are fungible. <laughs> it's not because I, you know, because I, I love guns and I, or I love the free market or I want, it's not to do with any of that. It's this is the most pragmatic way to achieve, I think, an end and a high at the end of reducing gun violence in a highly fraught environment. And it does through a kind of a typical kind of calabrese, cheapest cost avoider kind of way right. where you put the liability on the gun manufacturer and then those costs will percolate through the system in all the right ways. You, you don't get people to buy insurance without creating a liability. And so essentially what happens here is that by putting this kind of liability on gun manufacturers, which is relatively certain to attach. Uh, you force them to buy a kind of insurance, some kind of insurance. Basically, you force them to the private market and they choose a regulator through the private market, right? Because insurance companies will be regulators. They will say, well, if you want to have our policy here, you can't manufacture this kind of gun. You can't do this. You can't do that. They will be able to go to the market and look for those policies. It will put to the test. Well, 
does it make sense to manufacture these weapons which look really scary? This is the typical kind of argument you get about assault weapon bans, right? Is that they are quote unquote assault weapons aren't really anything more than ordinary rifles, which maybe look scary and there's no reason to ban. Well, is that true? Or do assault weapons actually induce like violent young men to be even more violent and creates more like, I don't know the answer to that, but boy, I bet an insurance company would find out pretty fast. Right. I, I bet you would. So the, insur- yeah. uh, the insurance company is interesting because um, that's a that's a means to an end. The end is um, the manufacturer would want to reduce its payments out. Right. And so one way to reduce its payments out wouldn't be an insurance mechanism. It would simply be a decision not to produce a thing that that required there to be more payments out rather than fewer payments out. Yeah. You right. Would produce you would produce weapons which accentuate all of the benefits of that market. And minimize and minimize the cost, and you'd be rowing. The in the, paying out. You'd be rowing in the same direction as everyone else, right? Which is that, boy, these you know these these not only the mass shootings, but the suicides, which are uh, or excess, the accidents. These are all terrible things, and I, I don't believe that there's anybody who doesn't think they're terrible things. They all think they're terrible things, but I want them to internalize that and to make their decisions on that basis. And there would also be a, a, a reason to become well informed about what the parameters are that would right. lead to getting the benefit without having the all the additional unnecessary deaths. They might not know now what the answer is, but as you say, they'd be awfully motivated to find out. Yeah. We want to know what kinds of guns cause deaths, what kinds of regulations will work. We want to know all of these things, how many. And instead of an environment where gun manufacturers through the NRA try to pass laws preventing us from even studying these things, not only would they want to study those things, but they would try to pass laws getting the federal government to do those studies for it so it didn't have to pay for it. Right. right. They would now be pushing for information. Right. They would be pushing for waiting lists. They would be you know, pushing for mental health evaluations. What, what's, so, what's so interesting to me about that liability statute that we passed that, that was passed some years ago, and I think this is one of the few instances to, to sort of touch the, the 2016 campaign, something I'm otherwise not at all interested in doing yeah. um, in this context. Um, but this was one of the principal um, and one of the few and one of the principal areas of disagreement between the Democratic candidates, right, between Senator Sanders, who voted for that measure um, and and argued in support of his vote of that measure at some of the debates and uh, and Secretary Clinton, who uh, did not thought it was bad, et cetera. Right. So this liability thing, it really was a remarkable act of plunder by the NRA and its and its constituent client manufacturers. Um, against the public, uh, the the amount of wealth um, that they plunder to themselves in avoiding payouts, right, uh, is is kind of staggering, actually. And, and when I you think, think about it, right? Which your to, proposal is the flip side of. My proposal tries Which to break through to say, that logjam by not creating an environment where lawyers fight about liability. Yes, you're right. going past the the because it's the not about plaintiffs' the, lawyers. That statute was a response to lawsuits in the traditional vein in states. Right, you're against, talking more yeah. about a worker compensation. Accident fund, vaccine act fund, kind of idea. Exactly. You try to reduce the issues about which people can fight to a, as small to, a core to as a possible, bare minimum, yeah. And where private individuals are not incentivized to bring these kinds of actions. In fact, they, because they wouldn't have a this, this would not provide them an action. Yeah, they're not this getting not a, a private claim. right of action. This is a right. It's more like a fine, right? Right. Uh, for for each death, or you can think of it like a tax, right? Talk about death tax, right? This would be a true death tax, right? <laughs> Unlike and, the actual right. it's and, inheritance tax. And I think people get hung up on – so I think people get hung up on proposals like this for a number of reasons. 
one reason is this idea, well, it's going to be, it's just going to incentivize lawyers to do, and, and I hope that I've explained how I don't think that will happen, right? right. And, and and you should design the program not to do that. The you other say, way they, wait a minute, they didn't pull the gun, they didn't pull the trigger, why are you making them pay? This right. other person shot somebody, not the gun manufacturer. Right. So you might have to do some additional education about enterprise liability and risk spreading and say, you know. And inherently dangerous activities. dangerous and... guns would become more expensive. Dangerous guns would be harder to insure. They might not be manufactured. If if trigger locks are really a great solution, you know, where these smart guns are really a great solution, there will now be an incentive to produce those right. because they will be cheaper than guns, which are dangerous. But the, the other kind of objection you get from people about this is this idea of moral responsibility. And it's it's a typical kind of objection you get to any kind of enterprise liability. It's like, why should gun manufacturers have to pay when it's some crazy person who is responsible for this or the suicide victim who is responsible for this. Like it wasn't the gun. And, and that's it why – It isn't part of the answer. Look, somebody's already paying. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking not about whether there should be – whether it should be paid but that – but who will pay it? Right. And I would even Someone's go further suffering a loss. and say that, that the right approach in law here is not a moral judgment at all beyond the moral judgment on which we all agree that wouldn't it be great if we had fewer of these deaths? Right. And if we agree with that and we agree that people shouldn't be able to free ride, right, that there yeah. should be a decision-making structure in which we are all – then you can kind of see how law – and this is – you know, you see this in law school all the time as people's eyes open to the idea that laws are more than about identifying a bad guy and a good guy in a yeah. case yep. and are about structuring society in a way that allows us to make good decisions together. Yeah. This is a workers' compensation insight in in a sense as well. That, it's about like – yeah. Look, if you have industrialization, the workplace accidents, dismemberments, other accidents at, at work, they will happen at about this rate. We don't know precisely to whom they'll happen. We don't know precisely – if you if you tried to go into a workplace and assign moral blame to individuals who created the situation in which the accident occurred, mm -hmm. right? We don't know how all that would shake out. It turns out you don't need to know. You don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> what you need to do is address the loss. And, and it's not like you'll never have debates. Like you could argue about whether workers' compensation systematically undercompensates, whether it provides the right incentives. You can of argue course. about all this stuff, No, right? it doesn't eliminate but the – we are so far away from the – like the – you know – Those uh, are the questions worth actually debating. And there are questions about what happens when a gun manufacturer goes out of business because it was only producing the kinds of guns it couldn't – like right. and then there's a murder committed with one of those guns and there's no one to pay because there's there's no corporate entity anymore. I, like we are so far away from worrying about what to do with out of business gun manufacturers. You know what I mean? That you know that let's let's do this. Let's right. just try this first. Hey, uh, just one more uh, question about the details. Would this new uh, form of liability uh, apply even to the existing base of of guns already in yep. private hands? Yeah. You know, I don't see why they should be free. All right. So what what would you say to someone who said, wait a minute, how are they going to tackle the problem that they, they've sold a bunch of guns in circumstances where they didn't have to include in their decision whether to sell it the cost that that would come about in this way? Yeah. I, I, if you're a responsible gun manufacturer, you're going to come out better, I think. What, but, do, you mean, what do you mean by that? Mean, is, how, mean, so how does someone do that? Let's say I'm a, you know, I, it's Joe Guns, Inc. Right. And, and now this is in existence. I've sold a, uh, several hundred thousand firearms in the last few years. Right. What do I do? Counsel me as I, uh, you know, wh what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to figure out which of my guns that are out there I should be buying back? Yeah, that's or I, like offering people, you know, I'll exchange you, I'll give you this new one, right. which is safer for the old one. You just have to trade it in. Right. You know, right? there's enough of a law and economist in me where I can say this is the great thing. <laughs> 
this is the great thing about just p- uh, pure tax or liability. Is, is people figure it out. People figure it out, right? That's why the carbon tax makes so much sense. Although it, you're it, going it out of everything. business I, thing. Look, I'm not like I don't want to say that like neoliberal economics is going to solve all these problems. Right. I think there's a great moral case to be made for vectoring us in a in the direction of a less violent society where people don't feel afraid where the impulses that make people afraid of the other and afraid like i think all those are bad things and i can have at the level of morality and democracy and citizenship an argument that doesn't include any of this stuff that says that guns are a bad thing right i can do that but as a as a pragmatic matter as someone who just wants to i don't want to see another day like Orlando. Right. You know, I want to see fewer of those. We, we'll, we'll never get to where we see nothing like that. There will always right. be violence with us. But you, you know what I mean? Like the- I do. And, and, and that's why I'm, this retroactivity, and it isn't that in a way, but it is in a way. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I'm asking about it is because it, you, I think it, your idea would be a less good idea if, you know, the day after the statute passes, all of the gun makers declare bankruptcy and reorganize so that they're not at all responsible for their backward sales. Right. Uh, so I think this has to be f- there. Yeah. There's so an interesting. There's going to be some piercing and, the veil. And here's and a all very that. practical yeah. reason because yeah. interesting piece that's been on Vox about you know one way to look at the problem that we're confronting nationally uh, from from and I think in a way it's a public health perspective is to say there are really just too many firearms and that's an especially hard problem to solve. So that's why this backward looking things on my mind, because part of it seems like part of an answer needs to be we need for there to be fewer of these firearms. I think as a as a pragmatic matter, which is one of the right. toughest way things to think about how to handle two responses to the things that you've just raised. One is that as a practical matter, you know, the compromises that you would need to get here first, this would instead of having multiple battles with the NRA, we would have one. We would have a battle over this. Right. And then we're all moving in the same direction. But I think as a practical matter to get to that first victory over the NRA, you would probably have some kind of step up system where the liability ramped up by year. Okay. Right. So you wouldn't charge the full amount in the first year and the second year. And, you know, you you do some modeling to figure out liability so that people wouldn't necessarily go out of business, I guess. I, I don't know. The other thing you might consider if a manufacturer is truly out of business and you can't pierce the veil of another corporation, which is actually has all the assets from the other one. But if you can't do that kind of thing, then maybe someone who sells a gun, which no longer has a responsible manufacturer, takes on some amount of liability from that sale. Mm. So if if there is no manufacturer associated with the gun that I'm about to sell to you in my gun shop, maybe I take on some liability. And, you know, there could be a list There could, you know, you could do those sorts of, we already do some, some of this kind. So that's, that's a possibility, you know, as, as well. Um, so do you have more to say? No, we we should say more. (laughs) <laughs> but but I don't have more to say. I mean, honestly, I in last night and this morning, I was actually thinking about how um I was feeling personal conflict over over having a recording session about mm-hmm. uh, on the one hand about anything else, but, yeah, yeah, about anything else, and then at all, like it's like it felt it feels in a way after an event like this weekend. And and then the the sort of appalling uh, treatment of it by some people uh, yesterday. Um, I, I just sort of want to be by myself and not mm-hmm. talk to people about anything. Um, and and then I thought, oh, but it it really would be great to have a a, a really interesting and fun conversation with someone about great ideas, and that's positive and that's affirming, and so and that's the part of my brain that won out. And I'm and we had a great conversation with yeah. our guest. 
Um, and so that was cool. And then I dragged you back into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, but this is a, they're related. This is a this is an interesting idea to think about. I mean, I do I do think uh, you're right. We need to we need some really fresh thinking. I mean, one of the one of the one of the really awful parts of yesterday and Sunday evening was just sort of watching the tape play again mm-hmm. of this. We're now in a, we're now in a, uh, a pattern. It virtually feels like some sort of Star Trek time loop or groundhog day where you just, you basically do the same things. And there was that tweet, after every yeah. mass shoot, we had enough mass shootings, um, yeah. uh, that we now, there's now a script that, that lasts for about 48 hours. That well, you can, you can pretty much do. measure mass shootings and how severe they were by the gaps in the NRA's Twitter timeline, mm. right? It just stops tweeting. And then it comes back and does, you know, says that we shouldn't be blamed. And, and you know, there was this tweet uh, right after Newtown that's uh, relatively um, soon after Newtown that said, you know, I, I knew nothing would ever change when, you know, America decided it was tolerable that, you know, 20 elementary school kids were gunned down and decided to do nothing. Yeah. And I, I just, I feel like we're better than that. Not, not in the sense that we should all agree with me, <laughs> right. right? Not in the sense that we should all agree that guns are, are terrible and are, it should never, like, I just think we are better than saying we cannot possibly solve this problem. And I think one of the ways you solve the problem is to recognize that we have different views about values, right? The value of a gun, but we have pretty similar views about the sanctity of life. You know, we may measure it slightly differently. We may measure responsibility for deaths a little bit differently, but we all want to see them go down, right? We, the number of deaths go down. Um, and I think we can get there if we, if we just get us, you know, if we can align people to make decisions where they're all deciding in the same way. It must be dehumanizing to be a member of the NRA and to be thinking as soon as a bunch of people are shot up, we've got to, you know, we've got to deflect attention away from guns. Right. I, I know they say that the problem is there aren't enough guns and we can solve this problem. I can't believe that they all actually believe this because uh, even in the old Wild West, they there were gun regulations in town. Right. You know? it, it was never the case that people protected themselves by arming to the teeth everywhere they went. I just think that's not a good way to live. But I do understand the sentiment that after something like this happens and then you hear someone like me who's not a, you know, I'm not a I'm not a gun guy who says, you know, we should take all the guns or. Or, or, uh, or we should ban assault weapons or we should do, do this or tax ammunition or, you know, whatever it is. And you're thinking that person doesn't understand guns and they're coming for mine. And these are very important to me. And I actually think that taking my guns isn't going to help this problem at all. Well, we're never going to agree on that. That's a tug of war where there are two people on either end of the rope, right? On every single issue, whether it's waiting lists, whether it's uh, uh, um, uh, background checks, whether it's regulations on the types of guns, like they're always going to be, there's always going to be one cultural group on one end of the rope and another on the other. And I think there's a way to get us all on the same side of the rope because we can all agree, I think, in the end on the principle that life has a value. No one should be able to free ride on death. A good place to end, I think. (laughs) Eh. I can't improve on that. Well, <laughs> that you, statement. Uh, and I the, know that it's overbroad, and I, I can think of like twenty criticisms to what I just said. If you're a listener who, you know, is very pro-gun and you disagree with me, I hope you'll hear that in the most charitable way possible, right? Which is that we can break this logjam in right. a way that allows that would give people the incentives to make safer guns, to make it harder to make gun, you know, guns that are used in this way, that get us to the right mix of waiting lists and everything else. Let's, 
Boy, I'd love the gun people to be thinking about this stuff. I'd love people who are really into guns to be thinking about the best ways to reduce mass shootings or the best ways to make a gun that isn't really that great for suicide or a gun that, it, you know, like, I don't know how to do these things. I'm not a gun guy. I don't either. I mean, the, but it does seem that the answer, at least in the last few years, the answer from the NRA has been the, the answer is for there to be more guns. Yeah. And that's nonsense. And I actually think that they don't represent, A, what is best in us as a people, B, ordinary people, C, ordinary people who like guns, right? I think it's those people, the ordinary people who really like guns and like their guns, who have been isolated from those of us who do not, like me, through you, these you, kinds of events. And when you say do not like me, you mean you don't own a gun and you don't want to own a gun. No, I, I don't want to take on that risk. And, uh, you know, it's certainly possible that there could be something that happens one day, you know, home invasion or whatever else, where if I'd had a gun, I could have protected myself. But you know what? I'm not going to live in fear of that. And I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have a gun, even if it were much more dangerous uh, around here. That's me. Other people want to make a different decision. We can have a different conversation about fear and what it's, you know, right. that's a totally different conversation. But when it comes to hunting and other things and, and having a weapon in certain but Places, if your move all... is, look, what we can all agree on is that we're all anti-death. I might be anti-gun, you might be pro-gun, but all of us are anti-death right. by gun. And we should all be thinking about ways to reduce that. Right. Here's, the, here's what I think the wrinkle may be, is, is when the argument is, look, the, but the only way to get fewer deaths from guns is for there to be more guns. It takes us pulling on the same side of the rope and, and, and gets us back on opposite ends of the rope. It may not be. Do you be see what way. I mean? Yes. I, and, and my proposal is totally agnostic about that question. It may be. It's, it's really not. It because may be it raises, we, because it makes it, because firms that w are there to, to make and sell guns uh, now have a more costly enterprise to run. And so it will reduce their ability and that may, that will make guns more, you yourself have said it will make guns more expensive. Some, some at least will get more expensive. Some will become infinitely expensive. They will no longer be available. Right. So, so it, 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 it's not the case that it, you're, you're agnostic. Well, I, I don't, I, I think I am because it may well be that what it incentivizes is the creation of, you know, smarter guns and trigger locking things or guns that are kept in a certain way or certain kinds of gun safes or certain buyback programs for certain kinds of background checks. But all of those things that make that may make guns safer, if they can be made safe, may make them more attractive to people on the margin. It may be that more people buy guns if guns are safer. I, I don't know. I mean, there could be twice as many guns and there could be fewer deaths. That's a possibility. I, I, you know, if 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 you, the smart gun that you describe, if that were the only kind of gun, if no gun ever fired unless it were held by you, right? Okay, and it were made in such a way that made it like you know, I'd rather try poison than a gun for suicide. Like you can imagine all kinds of different things that would that would make the gun basically safer. They may sell twice as many. You know, people may like they may incentivize a certain kind of person who's not a tea partier to want to go to the shooting range. Actually, I know a number of liberals who have, for whatever reason, gone to the shooting range and say, you know, that's a lot of fun, mm -hmm. you know? Sure. Maybe there'll be more of those people. But right now we're in this cultural battle, right? This, again, this tug of war where you got to be on one side or the other. And that's, we don't have to be there. And so I, I think I truly am agnostic about the number of, of guns and everything. You know, I think, again, personally, I wish there were, you know, fewer of these death-causing things. But, you know, in the end, if they were all safer and there were more, like, I don't know. As long as there were fewer deaths. Yeah. From them. That's the question we should be focused on. 
Since it's the one we agree on. Since it's the one that we agree on. And I think there's a strong moral case to prevent the, uh, to spread the costs among people who use these things and, and, you know, not to free ride. Secondarily, exploring whether or not pursuing the hypothesis that we're all on the same end of that question would be good because it would be good to know if we weren't all on the same end of that question. Because there's a piece in me that actually thinks we're not, but I can't articulate why or how. So it's just a nagging feeling. I I think it makes us better as a society when we assume that we... This is my point, right? So yes, let's assume that and find out. Because right. it's either right, in which case, awesome, or it's wrong, in which case, boy, we really need to find out that it's not true. Um, because then we really have Im- other important things to evaluate. And you can compare it to things like the audio, auto industry and other industries that are heavily regulated, where there are similar, the very similar number of deaths in the auto industry mm-hmm. from, from car crashes. And there, there is liability on manufacturers for manufacturing defects. Yep. But for intervening causes, right, then you put liability on others. But the point is the liability is always there, right? There's always, there's yeah. insurance, there, there are robust insurance systems in the auto industry. There's nothing like that for guns. Zero, as far as I can tell. And we need to force it. And I'm forcing it in the most, you know, with this proposal, in the most, I think, the most libertarian possible sense. I'm not making any presumptions about the kind of regulation, about not even necessarily who should buy insurance. Right. Because the gun manufacturer could insist on on gun retailers buying it. You know, you can imagine all kinds of ways the market will. Does owning a firearm affect. Here's how ignorant I am. Does owning a firearm affect the annual premium for homeowners insurance? I don't know the answer to that. Can it? Is it legally prohibited from affecting your annual premium? Well, that's a really good question. I also don't know whether it affects your, like, I don't I've recall ever being asked. asked for health insurance. Yeah, I mean, not like you, you, you're asked about smoking, right? But you've. Right, because now you are asked about, and not only that, you have to annually kind of certify it in terms of the, the rate, the insurance rate for group health care and that kind of stuff. Is it that the, those companies are afraid of kicking up a firestorm yeah, if they know. ask about it? Or is it that they are forbidden from doing it? Yeah, I don't know. Or do some do it? Or have some, like, concluded the evidence is ambiguous enough about, you know, the action, you know. I, I don't, that actuarially, I don't it's not worth the... On, on a person-by-person basis. That's I, what know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. But wow. anyway, we'll come back to this. I think we've done enough on this for now. I just felt compelled to say something about it, to make a suggestion that I thought could... You know what I mean? Like, I, I want us all to be thinking of ways to move past this deadlock that we're in. So I don't know if this is helpful or not for people, but I, I felt compelled because, you know, some these tragedies keep happening. I'm like, let's, you know, people say, well, we're not going to do anything. You know, there's the, the onion article about, you know, why do these things keep happening? Ask the only country where these things happen. Right. I don't <laughs> paraphrase of the headline. Right. Well, do they have to happen? Cool. Not cool at all, but we'll stop there. No, cool that you're saying this is why it's worth talking about yeah. is because we do, the, we need to try to get to our better selves. Yeah. Here. That's cool. I think our listeners are hearing that more even more than usual, we are kind of meandering it here, not wanting to end it, not knowing where to end it. But isn't this not like emotionally how you feel after these events? It's like you want to think about something else. Well, I've already you, said how I emotionally yeah. feel. It makes me want to crawl into a hole yeah. and be alone. Especially, I mean, this one, I mean, <laughs> it was also just obviously an attack on gay people as gay people. That's strikes me in particular. It's very likely. As much worse. Equality, right? As a gay person. Second, it seems in the news that was developing yesterday and a little bit this morning, it seems as if the shooter himself might have been sort of acting out his own hatred of his gayness, which is like, uh, uh, I just want to be by myself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is the kind of thing where, you know, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, you see 
lots of and you know I I did post about this liability idea just a- after the news was clear that he had bought his guns in the normal way and this right. wasn't a part of a cell and had gotten guns in a different way it, right. that you know this is something that could help but but everything else speculations about his motive you know that has like changed 180 360 720 degrees within 24 48 72 hours and Good this point. Is, and yet people are you know it's a reflection of everybody's thoughts about what's wrong with society you know it's almost like we can't wait to get to the keyboards and denounce this or denounce that or you know and and maybe i'm guilty of it by focusing on on guns but i but i do think it's the instrumentality here and whatever the motive and whatever else it says about us as a people that one of us is willing to do this to another group of us for whatever reasons there's something that we can do you know that's all that i'm focused on at this point cuz you know god knows what else we can do you know whether <laughs> you know whether whether it's about tolerance whether it's about um religious extremism whether it's about uh you know, immigration or cultural assimilation. I don't, I got no idea. I don't know. You know, maybe there are things we can do on those if, if any of those turn out to be true, but we don't know any of that yet, you know? Yeah. And, and even when we do, it's a complicated story. Every one of these shooters seems to be weirdly different, but also always weird, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. We just got to stop talking. There's no other way to, it's like ripping off a bandaid. You just got to quit. All right. Bye.